Super Talk Mississippi media production. If you're feeling anxious about your investments with all the economic volatility and chaos in Washington, tune in to Super Talk Jackson on Wednesdays from 9 to 10 a.m. and Sundays from 8.30 to 9.30 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. You're listening to the Rebel Report Podcast, where it's all Ole Miss all the time. Here's your host, Michael Borky. Welcome in, everybody, to the Rebel Report. I'm Michael Borky. Glad that you are with me on this Wednesday morning as this is being recorded. Appreciate you checking out the podcast, as you always do. And uh, again, glad that you are with me. So, uh, did a live chat last night. Now, that was mostly focused around Mississippi State and Texas A&M and, and stuff like that. I will play that for you later. Uh, if you want to hear it, it's just me talking about open jobs. Also, you get to hear me uh, incorrectly say the name of the Oregon State coach multiple times. So really, really good stuff that I'm proud of, of at least in, in that case anyway. But no, I thought it was a good long conversation just you know, going back and forth uh, with the, the live chat talking about you know candidates for Mississippi State and A&M and who makes sense and who doesn't and stuff like that. You know, just talking about the open jobs. But... This is an Ole Miss-based podcast, and I do want to talk about Lane Kiffin because I've kind of changed my mind on how he should approach uh, what's going on uh, right now. In fact, I think that he doesn't need to say anything at all, and here's what, uh, here's what I mean by that. So last year, and you hear me say this coming up later as well, but I want to kind of go deeper into that. Last year's Auburn job, when it came open, even before it came open, everything, everything pointed directly at Lane Kiffin. Not just a couple of national guys put his name in for clicks. I mean, local Auburn. Everybody pointed in that direction. And as he himself has said in four different national articles that directly quoted him in one-on-one interviews... Um, he entertained that opportunity. He was candidate number one at Auburn. Despite what Auburn people are trying to tell you now, they're wrong. He was candidate number one. They're lying to make themselves feel better because they got turned down by the Ole Miss coach. He was candidate number one. He was always candidate number one. They made a huge, deep, long run at him. They thought they had him, and he ultimately told them no. But that was a real thing. There was real, serious, mutual interest that he ultimately said no to, but that was thing. That that was the thing. He was candidate number one, all that stuff. You guys know that. We don't need to rehash it too much, but I, I bring that up to say this is not that. Texas A&M right now is not that. Now, we're only a few days into the search. Things can obviously very much change, but I mean, I guess, what was it? Pete Thamel put him up there, and I know Ross Dellinger did too, but nobody covering Texas A&M is involving him in any serious way. I mean, Billy Lucci, the guy that, that's running Texags now, which is the premier Texas A&M media outlet. I mean, that's where you go first if you want Texas A&M information. They've built a machine there. Is uh, straight up said that, no, he, he will not be. That's not something that's going to happen. Other uh, publications and sites that cover Texas A&M are not in- including him. I mean, you've got people... Like, for whatever it's worth, uh, you know, like Peter Burns talking about how he's not under consideration. There's not this all arrows pointing in this direction. He is very clearly candidate number one. He fits there perfectly. That's who they want. All that stuff. That's not happening here at all, frankly. Um, And so I actually, in in hindsight, I I guess on Sunday, I, I said, that Kiffin missed an opportunity to kind of put all that to bed. I've changed my mind on that. He's not seriously in the mix at the moment, at least on the surface. So what is there to address? Don't do it. In fact, I think that that was the best approach is, no, not going there. And by not going there, meaning not talking about it. I'm not answering that question right now. Because there's no legitimacy to the question as of this moment. Could things change? Sure, they could change. Whatever. But... I actually like that he didn't address it. That's what, in hindsight, I would have advised him to do because there is nothing serious 
there's no legitimacy to his candidacy or whatever you want to call it at Texas A&M. So if that's not real, if there's not a lot of noise, if it's not distracting, don't talk about it. He doesn't need to talk about it. He doesn't need to address it uh, because it's not real, or at least as of this moment, it's not real. Things change in coaching searches. Of course they do, but it's not real. Dan Lanning had to address it in depth. Um, I don't think Kiffin has to. Not right now. Lanning's candidate number one, or at least people thought candidate number one. I actually believe what he said. Uh, And you'll hear me talk about that later. But in hindsight, I agree with the decision for Kiffin to not even go there. There's no reason to go there right now. You can create distractions by answering the question inadequately for a job that you're not even a candidate for. Last year, he should have handled it differently. Right now, totally fine with his, no, we're not talking about this. Ask me about my football team approach to it. Totally fine with it. Makes perfect sense. I know UCLA is expected to come open, and that is a that is a job that at least a couple of Ole Miss fans that I've talked to recently are are worried about. I, you know, maybe it becomes something that it hasn't been for quite some time. But UCLA is not invested in football. Uh, to compete at a national level. Maybe that changes. Maybe moving on from Chip Kelly uh, changes that. Uh, I know that there is uh, an affinity, or at least I think there's an affinity for for Kiffin in the city of Los Angeles. You know, maybe he just wants to go back there. I I don't know. But when it comes to the, the job that it is and what they offer and the resources they provide, uh, it would be foolish for the coach at Ole Miss, Kiffin or no Kiffin, to take that job. So, I I mean, I don't even know if they're going to go after him. I don't know anything about that. The report came out yesterday that Chip Kelly would uh, not be retained at the end of this year, that he'd be fired at the end of this year. Um, I I just, I I would be, as of this moment, I mean, when you're looking at it pragmatically, again, I think it would be stupid with what UCLA currently presents itself and what it currently offers and the financial situation of the school, it just wouldn't make sense. So uh, unless that changes, unless they decide to commit far more than they currently do and like dramatically change their investment into the job, that's not something that I would think uh, about at the moment either. That's just me thinking out loud. I mean, who knows? But uh, that's, that's just not... We'll see what happens there, but as of this moment, that would not be a good career decision uh, for uh, for Lane Kiffin to even consider that. But uh, you know how things how these things go um, sometimes. So, long story short, I don't think if you are worried, you really have anything to worry about. I don't think the strategy has been wrong. If things change, then maybe they need to change it. But so far, it has been handled totally fine from uh, Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss. So we'll get into the live chat, talk about the other jobs coming up here in a second. I want to remind you first to follow me on social media at Michael Borky, B-O-R-K-E-Y, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Find me there. Also, if you're listening to this on the website, pull out your favorite podcast app, search Rebel Report, subscribe, and leave a rating and a review. And the podcast is brought to you by Advantage Business Systems. Check them out online, absms.com. That is the website. If you're in the market for office technology, Go check them out because uh, they've got you covered. Every, I mean, anything from copiers and printers and mail machines to cloud storage, data security, IT projects, phone systems, whatever it is. If it's tech, if it's in the office and your Mississippi business needs it, absms.com is the website. Tell them I sent you and you'll get a complimentary office technology assessment. The podcast is also brought to you by Priority One Bank. Let them make you their priority. They've got 16 locations here in Mississippi, so there's likely one in your backyard. And They'll get to know you when you need something like a loan. You don't have to get on Zoom or talk to somebody out of state to, you know, get a loan, serviced or secure one. It's somebody that you'll sit down with face-to-face and get to know because Priority One Bank makes you their priority. All right, here it is. Live chat talking about the open jobs around the SEC. There's some Ole Miss questions mixed in there as well, like Zakari Franklin and Stuff like that. You hear at the very end, I'm, I'm reacting to the this second half of the Detroit Mercy basketball game last night. I cut it off before the game ended. They ultimately won the game. Uh, really 
really close for comfort. For what it's worth, uh, I mean, it's hard to gauge what this team is going to be without knowing what the fate of the two waivers are. Some people seem to be optimistic about them getting good news on that. I, I, I just, I don't know. I mean, the NCAA is such a joke. I mean, we are games into the season, and there are kids, not just these two at Ole Miss, around the country that have no idea if they can play for the team that is currently playing. It's pathetic, but that is the NCAA, and people still want them to not only be in power, but have more of it. Help me make sense of that. Anyway, so here it is, coaching search season, and uh, I'll talk to you guys again soon. Talk to you guys about whatever you want to talk about when it comes to coaching searches. Obviously, here in this state, everybody's focused on what Mississippi State is going to do, and this lead comment uh, is going to start us off. I hate to tell you, though, my friend, it, it may be my fault that you say this, but you say Jamie Chadwell not turning his Twitter location off is the most comical thing you've seen in a while. That is fake. That That is unfortunately, that is fake, and I say unfortunately for the right reasons. So I got got on it today, in case you guys don't know what we're talking about here. There was a screenshot that I first saw on College Football No Context, which is a great Twitter account. They uh, literally just tweet videos and pictures that are from college football things without any context in them. And it's very funny. It's just, it captures the essence of, of college football, right? Well, they shared a screenshot today of a Jamie Chadwell tweet that was promoting his coach's show. But the thing is, the location on the bottom had Starkville, Mississippi. And so what I first thought was, that's not real, right? That doesn't make sense. That's not real. However, I went to Jamie Tadwell's profile, and I pulled up the tweet, and it had his location as something else, the standard Earth for any time like, I tweet something, it says my location is Earth because I don't share my location with the website. And so I decided, you know what? I'm going to find out if you can, like, bring that back. Can you, like, have your location show up and then remove that? Can you edit that out? And sure enough, I figured out that you could. So my dumb brain was like, oh my gosh, this is so funny. And I knew that there was the possibility that it wasn't true because I even put that on Twitter. I was like, I'm going to be so disappointed if it wasn't true. Wishful thinking just caught me in that moment because you guys know how coaching searches go. You know how many people are working so hard to get just an inch of information when it comes to coaching searches. People are digging and digging and digging, and they just keep digging because they need to find some, just anything to tell their subscribers and their followers and their listeners what could possibly be going on. And knowing that people are working that hard on it and knowing that people are so hungry for information for the coach to accidentally tweet with his location on and ruin everything would have just been the funniest story and funny, like, and not in a bad way either. Right. Because if you guys know me, you know that I think that Jamie Chadwell would be a good hire for Mississippi state. My concern would be he's never worked in the power five before, not never coached them, never worked in the power five before. So building a staff, I would wonder about that. It is, can he build a quality staff of, of recruiters that can win at this level? But if you look at his record, he is a winner everywhere. He wins everywhere, and he's done it at multiple different places at multiple levels, right? He was part of the coaching staff and then became the coach that helped transition Coastal Carolina from the FCS to the FBS, which is a very hard transition for some. And that was not a place that was really winning at a high level anyway at the FCS level. It wasn't like Appalachian State, who's just dominant, you know, every year just dominant. Or James Madison, who's just dominant, and they're moving up, and they're still set up for success. Coastal Carolina wasn't really uh, in that. And he was the coaching. He was the coach that helped them transition into that and was boom, immediately successful. He is a wildly successful coach at multiple different places. And his offense is really fun and interesting. And if you watch interviews of his and stuff, he would be very easy to buy into. He, he could easily sell what fans could buy. So I think he would be a good hire, which is what makes it, you, you know, harmlessly funny is that, if that were to have been how that news got broken, then it would have been hilarious because all these people anyway, and it would have been a good hire at the end of the day. So I was having a lot of fun with that today, and it's not true. That 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 was totally, totally not true. It would have been hilarious. It uh, it's 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 not though. Um, 
It's not real, unfortunately, because that would have just been perfect chef's kiss college football. But uh, alas, it was not. It was not that. Such a such a shame. Such a shame. There's no way Mississippi State is that far down the road in the search either. Uh, there's no way on literally day two that they are that far down the road. So some things you text the show. So forgive uh, if we've touched on it when you were in and out of the car, uh, but state can't hire a coordinator. Cannot. If they do, I believe it's an indictment on the program. I agree with you, Jason. I do. I think that uh, stability is going to be very important. Uh, for Mississippi State over the the next few years. I think that's something that they need to value is is somebody that will come in and bring stability and bring calm. And and I think that that you need to do that with somebody that you know has done that uh, before. I mean, look, Dan Lanning was a coordinator. Look at him now, right? I mean, Kirby Smart was a coordinator. And and look at him now. I, I understand that those hires can work out. But having just gone through and I know he only coached 10 games, but having just gone through hiring an inexperienced uh, coordinator, the, 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 the program, right, wrong, or indifferent. See, I, I have, I've had some state fans get upset with me on Twitter, of all things. Uh, our radio audience seems to really understand this, but um, there is a perception of Mississippi State. Whether or not you believe that the perception is reality, frankly, it, it doesn't matter. There is a perception of instability at Mississippi State right now. You can argue with me until you're blue in the face why that's not true, but I'm telling you that there is a perception out there uh, of that, that that is a real thing. That is something that they're going to have to overcome in the search. I have a feeling that Mississippi State is going to have to commit more financially uh, than you would expect uh, if you look at the candidate list that, you know, we did uh, Hey Dad's Hot Board today. And that candidate list is not one that you think that you would have to spend a whole lot of money on. But I do think Mississippi State is going to have to commit uh, money and years uh, to ensure that they get somebody that is right for that job, more so than you would expect, possibly. Possibly. Again, it's all possible conjecture. But they need somebody that will bring stability to the program because, again, whether or not you know the circumstances around why Joe Moorhead got hired or got fired, uh, he beat Ole Miss and went to two bowl games and still got fired after two years. I know the circumstances. You don't have to tell me. I know. But that did happen. You hire Mike Leach. He, he does tragically pass away. And then you go one and done with, with Zach Arnett. That, on the surface, screams to it speaks to instability. I argued for... And not that you know you guys really needed my validation for Mississippi State moving on from Zach Arnett. I think they had no choice; had to do it. However, uh, they would be well served as a program to find somebody that that has done it before that you know. N- not safe isn't the right word, but so, somebody that would have a higher hit rate. If that makes sense, somebody that's run a program before. That's why Chadwell, I think, is is enticing. That's why Willie Fritz, I think, is enticing, even though their age is is different. Because you, you know those two guys have run a program for a while, and you know that they would, I think, have a higher floor than, than a Jeff Levy, uh, for example. I think they those two guys would have a much higher floor uh, than a Jeff Levy. There's a chance that uh, a Levy would come in and be great. Uh, it would, would be great at Mississippi State. There's also a chance that Levy would come in and be a disaster. And, and I don't think that Jamie Chadwell would be a disaster. I don't think that uh, Willie Fritz, I'm just, I'm using those two names. I don't know if those are candidates number one and two or not. I, I don't know. I'm just using those names. There, there's a chance that those guys are a disaster. Sure. I think there's far less of a chance that those guys are a quote unquote uh, disaster. If that makes sense. So how am I going live when we have a riveting game of basketball between Ole Miss and Detroit Mercy? Uh, yeah, that's um, an interesting score. I just pulled it up there as I was talking to see if they had pulled away as the second half has started. And uh, and they have not. And that is a Detroit Mercy team that uh, has lost their first two games by, uh, what, 30? Over 30? First off, hope I'm doing well, Mike. I appreciate that, Matthew. I'm I'm doing well. I'm doing uh, I'm doing well. I had a I, I was in a weird mood all weekend, man. Um, 
but I am uh, I'm good now. I'm I'm happy now. So <laughs> coaching search, man, it just it brings the best out of me, I guess. You don't know what Arkansas thinks they're doing. You think Pittman would be fired on his way or on his way to getting fired right now. Um yeah, so that that's a weird deal. Uh you know, Richard for for what it's worth had revealed revealed in air quotes on our show today that he had talked to some people that that they think up in Arkansas that that they're not organized enough in the NIL space to be attractive to the candidates that they would want to hire. And so they feel like they need to be more organized first. Also possibly uh, put feelers out on Gus Malzahn and didn't like the response. And so maybe they're still mulling the decision over. I don't know how you can go another year like this though. Uh, I mean, that's with Texas and Oklahoma joining the league uh, with this new era. It, it could, it's just so much easier to get buried faster it's just so much easier to get buried faster um, and, and dragging your feet on something like this and going through another year of irrelevancy is something that I am shocked that they are considering. Now that I said that, he's going to get fired tomorrow, but you know, maybe you're missing something, but why has almost no one thrown Bobby Petrino's name around? Um, does he still have it? I know he used to be a coach, a quality coach, but is he anymore? I mean, there's a reason that he was Jimbo's, you know, last ditch effort OC after being the coach at Missouri State, you know, and it wasn't just because of a bad motorcycle ride. You know, there is questions about whether or not he still can win at a high level. Um, Obviously, character concerns, things of that nature. Chadwell would be a really good hire for State. He is a winner and runs an exciting offense. That offense is really fun. We we had a listener today ask, you know, if if we thought that the offense would translate to the SEC. Like they, the person was concerned that it wouldn't work against SEC athletes. And my response is, it's not the Army triple option. Like, yes, it is an option offense. There's a lot of pre-snap and misdirection and stuff like that. But it's more modern. I, I don't. I don't necessarily think that that concern is valid if if we're being totally honest. Um, I could be wrong. I usually am. But I, I don't think that his offense not translating to the SEC would be a concern of mine. I think it would be staff building and recruiting with, with the staff. I mean, he what brought like all of his coastal guys to Liberty with him. Um, he has not worked in the Power Five yet. That would be my concern. So. You don't want them, but you don't care if you have to go with Barry Odom or Bobby Petrino. You have to get a head coach, be it uh, young Kinney or old and Signetti or whatever. It has to be a head man. I agree. A&M is about to get Bjorked in the coaching search. Uh, you know, I actually believe Dan Lanning. And, and look, th- there's going to be egg on my face probably uh, when he ends up taking the job there at Texas A&M. But people point to, like, Nick Saban's deal. Um leaving the Dolphins for Alabama and Tommy Tuberville's pine box comment, right? That's what everybody's pointing to as well. I heard Nick Saban say, guys, we're approaching 20 years since Nick Saban said that he wouldn't be the coach at Alabama. I was six years old when Tommy Tuberville made the pine box comment. There have been a lot more coaches in Dan Lanning's position answer questions differently than Dan Lanning did I guess it was yesterday uh, about the A&M job. I'm, look, he could be lying. He certainly could be lying. But what he said was a minute and 45 seconds straight up denial. And it wasn't just a denial that I'm only focused on this team. It was, z- he said, there's a 0% chance I'm coaching somewhere else. Because he wasn't specifically asked about Texas A&M. He even made fun of other coaches being afraid to answer that question because they don't want egg on their face. I mean, that was a straight-up denial. That wasn't coach speak. That wasn't, again, he could be lying, I suppose. But that was a denial. That was a real answer to that question. When you look at other coaches that have had his job before, but but you look at other coaches and the way they approach this, they, they spin it, right? Dabo's answer today was so different than that of Dan Lanning's. It was, um, you know, it must be November. And I here, I actually, let's see if I have it. Dabo, I'm just focused on this job, always have been, just trying to beat North Carolina. It must be November. That's all I can say. That's very different. That is not a denial. 
that that is that is what most coaches do. Landing straight up said no, like zero percent. I don't know. I, I'm I tend to believe him. This idea that A and M fired Jimbo knowing who the next guy want to be is going to be, I think, is complete bogus. It almost never works that way. I believe Landing. I again, I'm. I'm wrong. I, I think that A&M is going to miss there. If you're making the hire you make, Leipold, tell me no 22 times. Me too. You're going Chadwell second to see if it's doable. Then if it's a full court press on Mullen. Yeah, I've, I am of the opinion, Chase, that Leipold is ultimately going to tell Mississippi State no. Uh, I think that he is the kind of candidate, and and you guys know me, and you know how I feel about Mississippi and the schools here. You know that. You know I I think very highly of of the state that I live and the schools in which the state exists. But I'm not stupid. I, I know that there are bigger jobs, um, a, a good many bigger jobs, uh, more lucrative jobs than than Mississippi State, which is the one currently open here. There there are, and so if I'm Leopold. Kansas is already committing to him financially. He's winning there. He could be there forever, which is is not – I don't think that that's the goal. Um, They're changing facilities. They're pretty good. And then I – like, they've got a lot good going for them right now. And so the battle is not Mississippi State versus Kansas because that's an obvious winner. The battle is Mississippi State versus who Leopold thinks could come open in the very near future. That's who you're fighting against. So if you're him sitting in your position, Mississippi State's a better job than Kansas. No doubt. Absolutely no doubt. I mean, that, that it, it would be silly to debate otherwise. But if I'm him and I've got a very long, very lucrative contract already, they're going to tear down and rebuild the entire stadium. And Michigan might come open soon. You know, I mean, Mac Brown's not going to be around at North Carolina forever. Those kind of things. That's that's what you are. That's what you're fighting against. That that's what you're. That's what you're up against if you're Mississippi State with a guy like Leipold. Is you know, he he doesn't have to make the jump. He's making a ton of money and he's winning and he's at a place that's that's committed and State won't be able to offer him triple his salary like they can some of these other Group of Five coaches. Uh, but I agree with you. I would try. I, I mean, I would try and try again and try again, and I would make him tell me no a hundred times uh, before I offered the job to somebody else because I think the dude is a freaking rock star. Um, any idea what happened with Zakari Franklin? Uh, no, I, I, I don't know exactly what happened. Uh, I do know that there is a very clear pattern, of a change uh, also uh, in that program where if you start to cause problems, they, they just don't keep you around anymore. Um, that they're not willing to put up with the crap. So I don't know exactly what it is. It's more of a blanket statement, but um, they they have had a quick trigger on some of on these guys. I mean, Chris Marshall could have really helped that team this year, and they cut ties with him anyway because he was causing problems. I mean, they, they they've done that. This is the fourth guy now, as far as I know, that they they've that could have helped the team that they've chosen. Nah. See ya. You're a problem. Interesting, because I don't think last year they would have done it that way. You know, the circumstances are different with State, but two and Q with Moorhead, Leach, and then one and done with Arnett could affect things. Yes, it, it could. And, and I've said that, and I've gotten the, you're just a dumb Ole Miss homer thing. Well, I'm just the dumb Ole Miss homer that spent the entire offseason telling people that it might not go well. Um, and and look who was who, who's dumb now. I'm being a little cocky there. Sorry. I, I don't like that. I just said that, but oh, well, got to live with it. We're live. Um, yes, it it will create a, a situation where they will have to answer more questions than usual. Now they can answer them. Uh, of course. I mean, it, you can explain those things, but it does add an extra layer to the search. It, it does. It absolutely does. Um, they, they might have to commit more financially than, than they would hope to maybe depending on who the candidate is but you don't know about me but it seems like kiffin's leaving this time of round where's he going uh i did did something happen in the last 45 minutes or so that that i've missed because i i 
frankly, as of this moment, I've got an entirely opposite uh, feeling, uh, like the complete opposite feeling uh, that that you do. I, I really haven't seen anything that leads to um, leads me to believe that there's any traction at the moment for that. Things could change, but th- this is not like Auburn last year. Not not yet. If you take the pipe dream wishes off the board for state and blind stacked resumes of actual viable candidates, Dan Mullen's resume is in a stack by itself compared to every other person on your list. My only concern would be um, recruiting in this era because it's totally different now. It's not just recruiting high school kids, which is something that he didn't particularly commit to. To ask Kirby Smart, apparently. Um but it's not just recruiting high school kids. You have to still recruit high school kids. You also have to recruit college kids. You also have to recruit uh, your own roster. And now money's involved. And you have to be a part of raising that money. And it's just, it's a lot new since Dan Mullen was last at Mississippi State. A lot has changed since he left. A whole lot. And um, I would be concerned if he would have that same success knowing that the era is different. But your point is a good one, that the resume is quite good, and he would very much understand the culture there. I mean, obviously, you know, no shit, Michael. Of course he would. Uh, But he would understand what that job is. And you get that uh, Mullen and Dr. Keenum is a major issue, which is significant considering, given who the friction is with, but Mullen being a non-starter is a horrific is horrific in business sense. One of the worst, worst feasible hires I could see State and AM actually making. We see lots of great and not so great names floating around. What happens if these searches go wrong? That is an interesting question. It's a very interesting question. Uh, ooh, who would be bad at Texas AM? Honestly, you, you, some people might think I'm crazy. I think Dabo wouldn't end well at Texas A&M. I, I don't. I would. I would be very concerned if I was an A&M fan that Dabo uh, is is somebody that's that's name is is floating out there because you just fired Dabo. I mean, a national championship winning head coach with a great resume who, as of late, things look a little weird. And since they lost a generational quarterback, things haven't been the same. It's like you're just Jimbo and, and Dabo are are just kind of the same and. I mean, you'd have to get him to get out of this philosophy of I'm not going to use the portal and you're going to have to get him out of not emphasizing NIL. Now, he fits that place like a glove in terms of the the act, like the emotional fit, the culture fit. But I would be really concerned if I were A&M. It's a more difficult league. He's not winning at Clemson right now. Things have not been the same since Trevor Lawrence left. And DJ stunk under him, goes to Oregon State, and he's lighting the world on fire. Klubnik was a can't-miss, everybody-wanted-five-star, and now he stinks. And, and they're 6-4 and four, uh, and with, a, with an easy schedule and a bad league. And that, that would concern me. The worst hire that State could make that, that would be actually feasible. The worst hire that they could make that would be feasible. Ooh. Um, Ooh, that's a good question. The worst hire that they can make that's actually realistic. Who would that be? Bobby Petrino? Um, No, well, because his name's on a hot list, uh, Shane Beamer would be the worst hire they could possibly make. Now, they're not going to, and that's not even a – that's not going to happen at all. Uh, But, yeah, that would be the worst hire that they could possibly make is is Shane Beamer, actually. Yeah, that's the one, even though it's not going to happen again. Uh, but that would be the worst hire they could make because it would be expensive. And also, he would lose a lot because he's doing it at South Carolina right now. Like, literally right now, he's losing a lot and underachieving at South Carolina at the moment. I, I would guarantee that Shane Beamer would not be successful at Mississippi State. I would guarantee it. He's not successful right now. That would be the worst. UCLA head coach Gary Patterson. How does that sound? Th- that job kind of strikes me as something that uh, like Jonathan Taylor would take. Uh, I mean, I know, again, I know he's at his alma mater at, uh, at Oregon state, but that, that kind of feels like that would be a fit there. 
you say UCLA firing Chip Kelly is so weird. I mean, he's, you know, they're making this move to the Big Ten. Uh, they, they, I don't understand that job, man, uh, because they don't invest in football at, at all, really. And like the fan base just doesn't, they don't, they don't really show for it. Um, they're not competitive, really. And the school's kind of in financial trouble, or, or at least has been financially capped. Uh, rather significantly and and now you're making this move to the big 10 as like a financial lifeline and now you're firing chip kelly um you could fall even deeper into irrelevancy uh, moving to that league moving with who you're moving with into that league we'll see how would i feel about john summerall before his time at troy he was solid position coach and recruiter at kentucky he would be an a hire absolutely that would be an a hire uh, for for Mississippi State, no doubt about it. That would be an A hire. Um, my quote unquote concern would be two things: uh, him waiting on Kentucky, or taking your job and then bolting for Kentucky uh, whenever that job comes open. Uh, I mean, uh, too many people talk about that's that being the where he wants to go, that being where he wants to end up, his dream job or whatever. It makes me believe it. I know sometimes narratives form and they just kind of spiral out of control when there's no truth to their genesis. But still, I, I mean, it being his alma mater and, and having coached there before, that does make a lot of sense. But yes, if Mississippi State could get John Sumrall to um, to stop waiting on Kentucky, if that's actually what he's doing to take your job, that would be an A hire. I mean, there the only downside is that he hasn't been a Power Five coach before. But I mean, give me a break. He is he's highly accomplished, well thought of in the industry. The fan base would buy. I know he's. I know he's a defensive guy, but hear him talk. You buy right in uh, to John Sumrall. He, he's winning. He's got SEC experience. Uh, that would be an A hire, um, no doubt about it. That would be an A hire. I think he would be. So I would have him ahead of Chadwell. So if I were doing the search for what it's worth, somebody like Leopold would be one. Uh, I, w- I would try climbing at, at Kansas State because. Why not? You know, I mean, make a phone call. If he says no, he says no. Who cares? You don't have to tell anybody about it. Um, Taylor at Oregon State would be another like kind of, you know, S tier kind of guy. But I think John Summerall would be my first non pie in the sky uh, guy that I would really heavily pursue. I think he'd be my first um, if I were in Zach Selman's shoes. There are a lot of people in the state fan base, some prominent names you won't name, who have a hyperinflated sense of what the state job is at the moment. You hate to say it, but it is what it is. Another one, you something you ask yourself in these coaching searches, and you're sure we'll see it with A&M, is flash over coaching quality. Oh, for sure. I mean, I think so often these things get overlooked so much. Like, why is Leipold not um, somebody that is like a very popular name with Texas A&M? Why not? Maybe he ends up getting there, but why not? Why is that not a popular name? Why is it? Why is anybody at all talking about Dabo? Why? He's, he's not winning right now. Leipold's winning at freaking Kansas right now, man. Kansas would go into College Station and beat Texas A&M. Kansas would do it right now. Oh, he's won everywhere he's gone. And... Why is that somebody like that not candidate one? I, I don't understand it. That's why I mentioned, again, I know it would be a very tough poll. It, it, it would be a very, very tough poll. But that's why I mentioned Taylor with Mississippi State because the lack of having a conference thing, you know, see what you got. I don't care that he doesn't have ties uh, to the South at all. He wins. That's how I'll react if they do hire Jamie Chadwell, if, if he's the guy that they end up getting. I, I'll sit here and, and say he's a winner. He's won everywhere. Do that. Find that first. I mean, it's working at Kansas State. They hired a winner. It's working at Kansas. They just hired a a, a person that just wins. That's what they do. And anyway. You listen to the podcast from Australia. Michael, what on earth are you doing in Australia? I appreciate that, man. Um, there's a guy on YouTube, uh, his, his, his YouTube name is field days, field days. I think his real name is Matt field. Um, but he's an Australian guy 
and he and his his girlfriend uh they they have like a property like out in the bush but he does like survival missions where he'll do 24 hours with just like a knife and a backpack in the Australian bush and it is awesome so he he like broke his ankle or something so he's just kind of been rehashing old material from when he lived in Thailand yeah i mean the most interesting as hell but scroll through his youtube channel and watch him i love that guy he makes me want to live in australia uh, but man, what are you doing there? I appreciate you, and uh, thank you. What time is it there? Let's see. What is Perth? Is, yeah, it's ten o'clock in the morning in Perth right now. That's crazy. Gus Malzahn. Apparently, Gus told Arkansas no. So if he told Arkansas no, he might also be telling Mississippi State no. No one would be excited at AM if they hire Jeff Trailer, which they won't. What about Dabo to AM? Can we see a Lincoln Riley uproot situation? Um, isn't that so emblematic of what we just mentioned? Though, again, I'm a little behind. Uh, something that you just mentioned. No one there would be excited about Jeff Trailer. Not one person. That's how stupid all of this is. I mean, he may not work. There's always risk and reward with every single coach that gets hired. Even Urban Meyer might flame out at, at Texas A&M. You, you know, uh, hires don't work sometimes. Chip Kelly didn't work at UCLA. He had a liter- a 500 record is what he has, both in overall and conference play. Literally 500 in both of them. So it may not work. But Jeff Trailer has the makings of somebody that would take at Texas A&M to a place of winning. He's winning at UTSA. He's got a bunch of ties there. He fits well. Like, like listen to that guy. I mean, he could sell you on anything, and he's got a good system. And it just, but no, he's not flashy enough because Trailer is not Sweeney, and it's their loss. Might sound controversial, but this next hire could be the most important one in state history. Arkansas, too, getting buried, like I said, could potentially happen to state if they botch this hire. Absolutely. With this era and how quickly you can get buried, and now in the 12-team playoff era where getting to that is attainable with the special season and bowl games will matter less. You know, the the 12-team playoff makes the seasons matter more and makes programs like Ole Miss and Mississippi State have a real, like, attainable goal that they can actually reach when it comes to the playoff in the postseason, but the bowl games won't matter. You know, going 7-5 and five in the Liberty Bowl is going to matter even less than it currently does. And you're going to be in a league with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, they've got to get this right, or else irrelevancy uh, can really be um, chronic, and that's not good. A&M could try to get Whittingham away from Utah. Don't think it would happen, but Whittingham at A&M would be scary. I would hate Kyle Whittingham at Texas A&M. I would hate it because he'd win. He would win a lot. Um, Yeah, and and that's another – I mean, maybe he's just going to retire there. Maybe he's happy as hell there. He's been there forever. I'm sure that he's gotten opportunities to leave and and has chosen not to. He's got a hell of a gig. Um, I don't think he'll win a championship there, though. Maybe he wants to scratch that itch with better players at A&M. Yeah. If you're landing, why are you leaving Oregon for a little more money and a pressure cooker job? He's got it rolling at Oregon. I I wouldn't leave if I were him. I mean, maybe he hates the Pacific Northwest or whatever, uh, but I wouldn't leave. No, man. I mean, they're going to make the playoff this year. He's going to have a a quarterback go uh, to the Heisman ceremony. He's recruiting like, like mad. He's got the brand power and Nike money and no, man. If I've got the Oregon job, I'm leaving the Oregon job for Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State. Uh, I mean, the, the list of jobs that I would leave Oregon for is is tiny because what can what can A&M do that Oregon can't do? Oregon's in the Big Ten starting next year, so they're in one of the two conferences, right? Can they get five-star players? Yes, they can. Do they have brand power? Absolutely, uh, they do. Do they have money? Absolutely, they do. Do they have facilities? They do. Can they make the playoff? They can make the fourteen playoff. They've already they've made the fourteen playoff. Texas A and M hadn't. You know they've already been here in this era, and in the expanded playoff, they, they can be a mainstay annually, even though they would be in the Big Ten moving forward. So, so what does A and M offer 
that Oregon can't at least argue that they have something similar to. Nothing. So I know I wouldn't, I wouldn't if I were him, consider it. I, I would leverage it for more money from Oregon, frankly, is what I would do if I were him. I would get a significant raise out of it. But no, I wouldn't leave Oregon for Texas A&M. I think that would be stupid. Uh, I would leave Oregon for, again, Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. I, I would leave for, for those jobs. That's a really small list of jobs I'd leave Oregon for. Dabo and Jimbo have both struggled with developing four- and five-star quarterbacks post-Jameis, Watson, Lawrence, see DJ in Oregon State. You've beat Dabo as Jimbo drum for years now, and uh, it is coming to fruition. And what is going to be hilarious is uh, if they hire him, they would literally just have hired just Dabo. I mean, they, they hired the same, the exact same guy. How about AM presenting the check that paid Jimbo's buyout at halftime of the state game? Yeah, uh, how about that, right? I think, and I mean, you guys may disagree with me. I, I truly think, and I said this before to you, but I, I think that Jimbo Fisher getting $77 million, which is what, 20, it, what I saw the math, it was like $24,000 a day for the next eight years. Um, I, I think that is embarrassing. I think everybody involved in that should be embarrassed. Uh, I think that it's a stain on the sport. I think that um, it's going to be used against college sports when these things go to court. And I think it's going to really harm the argument that you can't pay players. And it's embarrassing. I would be, if I were an AM fan, I'd be embarrassed today that, that my, my institution is paying somebody $77 million to not coach for me anymore. I think that's an embarrassment. Likelihood Kiffin stays this year. Nowhere for him to go. Not at the moment. Um, again, things change. They can change. They can stay the same. As of right now, I, I mean, I, I would bet on him being at Ole Miss next year. And, and I have no reason to, to bet against that. Can things change? Of course. But as of now, I just I'm, that's not a thing yet. We'll see over the next couple of weeks if things change. But as of right now, this does not feel like Auburn last year. It'd be so A&M to hire Dabo to replace Jimbo for an ungodly contract. Yeah. A&M is an elite job at a decent program. I'd love to have that job with the resources and money, but at the same time, you make the playoff and you're a legend there. It's true. That is true. Um, history is is really not on their uh, on their side since 2000 Ole Miss will have four 10 win seasons to A&M's one in comparison it is very hard to fathom that isn't it but money doesn't buy everything man I mean they've got a ton of it which is what makes it such an attractive job is because they they have all that money and in this era especially money leads or should lead uh to wins but that's where people like them are, are getting lost in this it's um Number one, yes, Texas A&M has a lot of money, probably the most. They have a big stadium, all that. But they're competing in a league with a bunch of programs that have a lot of money and a big stadium and stuff like that. And if that's the only thing that you're offering, if that's the only thing that you bring to the table, well, sorry, Alabama brings more. Georgia brings more. LSU brings more uh, than that. They they, They think that being rich means that they can buy wins and that's not happening yet uh there might be a cultural issue there i mean it's the same thing with texas right there there's this there's this arrogance of well we have all this and so we're better than you but the results don't bear that out there there's something amiss with programs like that because you you should never ever lose with what they have, but that's all they do. Well, why is that? Maybe there needs to be some introspection there and not blaming all the coaches that you hire and fire. Chadwell seems to be the front runner. It feels really early to be talking about front runners, but I, I think it would be good. Almost fell to 13 in the college football playoff, barring some serious upsets. Looks like the New Year's Six might be off the table. They're behind Penn State, too. Being behind Penn State is a freaking joke. Did those come out finally? Uh, let's see. Being behind Penn State is a joke. That, that is an absolute joke. 
That is a joke, man. Okay, so Georgia's number one now. They did put Missouri ahead of Ole Miss. Okay. Uh, Penn State being ahead of Ole Miss is, a, is an absolute joke. That uh, Who else do they play this year? Oh, Rutgers and Michigan State. So they'll win out. That is a joke, Penn State being there. I get Missouri. Penn State being there is a joke, man. Florida and Arkansas for Missouri. Yeah, if you're an Ole Miss fan, you want Missouri to lose. Louisville could lose this weekend. That's also very much on the table. So. How does Ross Bjork dodge the blame for the situation at A&M? Because the power brokers are telling him to jump and he's saying how high. How does Lane Kiffin beat Texas A&M with less talent? He's a better coach than, uh, than Jimbo. Kiffin fits at Ole Miss better than anywhere else, if you really think about it. I, I will say this. Uh, Ole Miss gives Lane Kiffin more liberties than uh, basically anybody else would in, in college football. He has got a lot of freedom, uh, a lot, a lot, a lot of freedom uh, at Ole Miss in, in ways that I don't think he would uh, at, at most other programs. They really just – he's got a lot of freedom at Ole Miss. Let's put it that way. Dabo would just change it from Texas eight and four to Texas nine and three. I uh, I love that. I love that. You think Schumann is a dark horse for the state job? If he could pull Cochran from under Smart, that would be awesome. That's an interesting one. People really think really really highly of him. I mean, really highly of him. How long is Prime at Colorado? I don't know. That's a good question. He needs to he needs to prove to people that he can win first. I mean, him getting asked about the AM job I thought was kind of funny uh, today because he needs to prove that he can win at this level uh, before somebody will take that jump. You don't need recruiting help at Texas A&M. You know, you needed recruiting help at Colorado. You don't need it at A&M. That's not the selling point. They just had a great recruiter. They need somebody that can win football games. And right now, we don't know if, if Deion Sanders can do that at this level. I think he can, but anyway. Shane Beamer's probably going to get fired next year because they are going to struggle a lot without Rattler. He's got a big contract, though. He's recruiting well also. Uh, I'm curious to see who they get out of the portal at quarterback because that's where they're that's where they're going. Missouri will lose to Florida, and Washington will lose to Oregon State. You heard it here first. I think Washington absolutely can lose. If you're Selman in your talks with Leipold, you're hammering Mark Stoops as part of your pitch for sticking around too long. Matt Campbell would be a uh, one that I would use. The Shane Beamer experience is going off the rails at South Carolina. Them in Florida, you'd expect to open next. There's a very real chance that South Carolina finishes four and eight this year. Too many hands in the cookie jar at AM. Don't think anybody's winning there. Mark Stoops isn't the name it was two years ago. Granted, Kansas to State isn't a massive leap, but it is a leap. Kentucky is a place that has never won. Stoops built it up, and now it has stalled, it seems. You think the Duke coach, SMU, UTSA, or someone like that would be a huge get for State? The the issue with SMU, and and it is an issue uh, because – Mississippi State's a better job than SMU. However, however, SMU has so much freaking money that if it came down to a dollars race, State would lose. I think. I think. I could be wrong. I know they've got SEC money, but SMU's making the jump to the ACC they raised $100 million in a day. They've got alumni paying for their the offset for the TV deal to get them into the ACC. They've got so much money that it might not be as easy to lure the SMU coaches as you think it would. Dan Lanning, 100% wins at Texas A&M. Zero doubt in your mind. Zero doubt in my mind either. He would win, and he would win big and win freaking huge. Yeah, I mean, win championships there. I love that guy. I, I mean, he's, he's a little weird. Have you seen that tattoo? You can find it on Google. He's got a, 
bizarre tattoo. You've got to see it. Uh, but no, I like him. I, I like his messaging. I think he's going to grow as a game day coach too. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of his. I, I don't want him anywhere near the SEC. You don't think State will hire either Chadwell or Lashley? I think Lashley's going to be a tough pull because of the aforementioned money thing, and they're joining the Power Five, Power Four, moving forward. Imagine Texas A&M gets their next premier coach, gets Arch Manning to transfer, and he starts his revenge trend that would make that rivalry fun. (laughs) If yours does come back, which I don't buy that yet, by the way. Maybe he does, but I don't buy it yet. Um, Then, you know... Would he explore his options? I don't think so, but if you're AM, Urban Myers, one A, one B, C, D, and E, however high of a number I can put on a check, I'm writing it until it's a definitive no multiple times over. He would win. Dan Landing is Nick Saban's replacement. As someone who lives 40 minutes from Tuscaloosa, I hate that. I hate that too. Uh, but if I were him, I'd be waiting for that job. Judging by tonight's CFP, Ole Miss will lose out on an NY6 to Missouri despite having the better resume. Missouri is more of a feel-good story and recency bias is in full effect. So obviously you you hope Missouri loses. You, you know, you root for um, Louisville to lose to Miami. You, you know, you, you root for that kind of stuff. Um, is Ole Miss about to lose to Detroit Mercy? Do I need to pull that up? Jeez, that's not good. Um that's really not good. Uh, that that will be so. They're down one with a minute twenty left. If you're not watching, but and they don't have the ball either. Need to go ahead and find that. Jeez, that would be something. Um. Wow. Anyway. Uh, yeah, and like you want Georgia to beat the shit out of Tennessee this weekend, also. You know, things like that make their resume worse. Arch to Ole Miss? No, I do not believe that will happen as long as Lane Kiffin's the coach at Ole Miss. Setson Bennett was a walk on at Georgia. That's all you need to know to point to you just can't buy yourself titles. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's culture, it's everything else, you know. They need to find a way to make college teams more even and fair by limiting NIL and limiting five-star players to schools. But that's the problem. You can't tell a high school kid where they have to go to college. You you can't do that. And and frankly, NIL has leveled the recruiting playing field to uh, to some degree. It it absolutely has. So, Looks like Ole Miss versus Iowa in the Citrus Bowl. What's my over-under there? A little bit higher. Uh, I think that Ole Miss would score a little bit. Uh, if they were given the opportunity. State has money, there's no doubt in your mind, but unlike their in-state counterparts, it remains to be seen if they'll come off of it. People tend to forget the money in soybeans and cows. You always laugh at the cow college comments, given the dairy industry, not beef or livestock, is a $30 billion a year industry. It's just not the burn people think it is. Jeff Trailer is the only logical choice for AM. It would make a ton of sense. Here's Ole Miss shooting a free throw right now to tie it up. Missed the uh the first of two free throws, and they tie it. Wow, minute nine left. I probably shouldn't be doing play by play. I think that's against like a bunch of laws, but do I think Ole Miss will look for a new OC or at least an on the field play caller? I do not. Uh, I do I do not think that they will do that. At five wins, can State make a bowl? I, I, I guess possibly, uh, if there's not enough, depending on what their APR is. Uh, they certainly could. There's a steal and a turnover for Detroit Mercy. It's a three-on-one, and they blew the alley-oop because two guys went for it. Oh, my gosh. Just take the basket in that spot. That was crazy. I shouldn't be doing this, I don't think. A foul is called with 30. Wow. Ole Miss blew. It was a three-on-one, and two guys went up for the alley-oop, and they like blocked each other's shot. That was uh, that was crazy. Um, anyway, 
You know, we'll talk nothing about ULM, but you'd like to see Walker Howard play. Uh, I suspect that you'll get that opportunity this um, this weekend. You should get that opportunity this this weekend. So, anyway. All right, guys, we have uh, we've gone pretty long. We've gone pretty long, so I got to run. Uh, please like the video and all that. We'll be back uh, Thursday night, seven forty-five. We'll probably do more of this because why the hell not? I'll uh, I'll see you guys then. You have a great rest of your night. Thank you uh, for for joining, and I'll see you on Thursday. A Super Talk Mississippi yeah. Media Production.